0: hmm Yep.
1: Kairos, you recording? Yes. You're the most important person here It needs to be recording. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I am recording. Because <laughs> the ping back from space is long. It was bad. <laughs> I'm not even going to hold you. Okay. Are well, you ready, yeah? Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm going to count down from three to one. And then as soon as I count... <clears throat> Just match me, just match me. Don't race me, stay with me, just at the same time. There is not that much of a transatlantic gap that we can't count together. Trust me, we've done this before. We can do this again. Okay, so I'm gonna count down from three to one and then we're gonna count together.
0: Okay.
1: All right, so one, two, three. Three. 2 one. 1 Yes we did it Yo Shots
2: fired for fuck's sake Shots fired, shots fired for fuck's
3: sake shots fired Shots fired yeah shots fired Shots yeah Shots fired for fuck's sake Shots fired for fuck's sake shots fired Shots yeah shots Shots fired yeah
0: <laughs> I'm so I sick am y'all. Michael
1: Morgan and welcome to Shot Spied as usual, I'm joined by the gang I'm joined by the militia one part is on lockdown the other has a newly elected or oh, soon to be elected I would say president, in the waiting, in the wings first up it's G what up,
3: what's going on y'all how
1: y'all doing? I'm good, real real good, next up Kairos Bodley. I can count and you can count on me. <laughs> 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 it's the husky voice himself. Last but by no means least, Jasanga Malata.
4: What's good, people? Happy to be back. Sorry I couldn't be be with you last week, but duty calls and oh well. But I'm glad to be back and we're going to be firing some
3: shots tonight. Yeah.
1: Ah, Definitely. And from the get go, we have a lot to get through. So, you do have the, uh, the mic, um, deep voiced one, habitual line stepper, Chisanga Malata. Take it away. <laughs> habitual line stepper, oh gosh,
4: man. <laughs> 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 okay, so as, as you guys know, this weekend we have UFC Finite 183. Yes, 183 taking place in Las Vegas at, at the Apex. And one of the interesting fights, one of the most interesting fights on the card for me, is the return of former Cage Warriors and the Bama standout Reese Mickey. As you all know, Reese uh took a fight with Hamzat Chamiya on six days' notice at UFC. Well, I can't even remember what fight island it was. It was the third, uh, third. Uh, it was the third fight. Yeah, it was the third. It was the third one of the first, stint of, yeah, uh, of fight island in July and. Uh, Reese lost that fight, d- decisively lost that fight, but Reese will be back in action this weekend taking on Alex Moreno. And I caught up with the North- Northern Irishman to talk about how his life has changed after signing for the UFC and if he had any regrets in taking that Hamzat-Chamayah fight on six days notice. So check out my chat with Reese right now. So we're just a few days away from your uh, return to the UFC Octagon at UFC Fight Night 183. Where you'll fight Alex Moreno? How have your preparations for this fight been?
2: Yeah, fantastic. You know, very different to the last time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think we've had has been probably about fourteen or fifteen weeks exactly since that fight. So yeah. really, once we got home, it was head down straight away, and, and then uh, a few weeks later, we got the name. So it's been all a go, and it's it's been fantastic. You know, this is this is the first proper experience, I believe.
4: And how how are you how are you finding the the first proper experience? Because obviously you got the the, the Hamzah fight on, on on six days notice, but now you've as you said you've had fourteen weeks to sink your teeth into it and to mentally more prepare for it. So how has that experience been for you?
2: Yeah, fantastic. You know, I'm I'm just happy. You know, I just um, you know I'm just loving life. It's it's a fantastic life to have, especially mm-hmm. now being send to UFC. You know, uh, it's just fantastic, and it's something I love to do. And preparing for fights is. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing, so it's just uh, just a happy time
4: really, and uh, I'm excited to show that. Mm-hmm. So o- obviously, you, as as we said there, you made your d- debut on Fight Island, which was a historic event in itself. But um oh no, sorry, let me let me rewind there a bit. Let let, let me go back to before Fight yeah. Island. Can you describe the emotion that uh, that you had when your, your manager Graham Boylan called you and told you that you'd been given the contract to to fight at uh, UFC Fight Island?
2: yeah it was just a, it was a crazy moment it was actually like the weeks up before that i probably um not that i expected it but i remember kind of imagining something like that was to happen and, and then i, I kind of put it on the shelf and mm-hmm. the minute i did put it on the shelf was the was the minute i kind of got the call and uh just a crazy moment It's like one of them things you always think you'll be embarrassed like looking back but when i think about it it's like probably you know something i'll never forget for the rest of my career and i'm sure i'll watch that video many many times
4: yeah, I was about to say yeah, he he also shared it with the, with the world your reaction and I think a, a lot of us have been watching you for for a long time for obviously you made your your debut I think was it Bama 22 all the way back in 2015 yeah. so for um for, for a lot of us uh, media members to 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 see you get uh, well to see your reaction after getting the call it it warmed the cockles it warmed the hearts so we're all happy for you yeah to uh, to get and that the,
2: and it's one of the, it's one of the things it's like you know i think and like i knew he was videoing at the time but like you know probably straight after i was like flip it, i hope people don't see that video and then, <laughs> but then when, you, when you kind of embrace what it is and what it's for yeah. and again as you said the journey is not just about me it's about your team and the like anybody that's covered your fights for all the years so mm-hmm. it's important for everybody to get a, get a sense of the share isn't it And and, and i believe that anyway
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So has has life changed for you at all since uh, you became a fully-fledged UFC fighter? Like, I know the world isn't in a normal state right now, but there must have been some aspects of uh, of life that have changed.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I wouldn't say life's dramatically different because this is what I've been doing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think you know, I think if anything, it just brought back that excitement that not that I was missing, but it just brought it to a new level. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, UFC's what I've been striving for since I was sixteen. So. To finally be in the league that I, I believed believe I was ready for a long time ago, and, and to be finally competing for them, like I mean, how can I not relight that fire even more than what it was? So um, I guess that would be the biggest change, just a, a whole new level of excitement. I wouldn't say a new excitement, just a, a whole new number level.
4: Mm-hmm. And oh, you, you you touched on it there. Obviously, you've been you've been grafting for uh, for the opportunity to fight in the UFC since you were sixteen, and then um, for five years as as, as a pro. How did it feel when you were making your way into that uh, octagon of, in, in July? And how did it feel having your, your name announced and heard all over the world?
2: Yeah, you know what? I actually felt so normal. It um, wasn't a moment that, like, you know, there wasn't a point where I had to sit down and, like, try and get my head around it or, or anything like that. It was, like, very normal. And, like, even the little moments like trying the gloves on for the first time, mm-hmm. and, uh, wearing the tracksuit with many of like, there were moments that, like, you know, it didn't phase me at all. Like, but you know, they're big moments. But it's just—it was just very normal. And very, and that again, that's how I take this sense of no one I belong here, no This is my home for a long, long time to come.
4: Mm-hmm. And do, uh, have you kept any mementos from those from from that first fight week? Like, I mean, kept the the, the track suits or 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 e- even the gloves or whatever.
2: Yeah, well, I, I train I train in the gloves every day. So I've actually trained them so much that one of the gloves there's no UFC logo on them. So, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I mean, I've got the shorts and stuff and the tracks and all is there. Like, I gave a few bits away to like, mm-hmm. the family and friends, but uh, no, I always try and keep a few mementos and uh, you know, maybe this one I actually plan to get the gloves framed. So it's uh, something for the wall.
4: And you, you touched on your family there. What was your family's reaction to the news when, you, uh, when it got announced that you were signed? They must have been elated and just over the moon
2: yeah they're probably relieved because it's all i talk about it's uh it's all i ever wanted so they're not not relief it's probably a sense of you know they were immensely proud and you know um i think when i was 16 17 they they probably thought i was crazy when i was 18 or 19 they started to see something and then like in my earlier 20s that they started to see it all coming together so it was nice to to finally you know have the end product that i that i told them i wanted so Mm -hmm. you know proud moment for them but proud even prouder for me to tell them
4: and it must be a proud moment, for, well, for your country in general, because you're you're the sole Northern Irishman flying the flag at, at, at this moment in time. Obviously, we've had Norman Park in the past, but how does it feel to be the the flag bearer for Northern Ireland at this moment in time?
2: Yeah, I love it. Um, to be honest, like I mean, I know there will be a day when there'll be a few of us in, but as of now, I'm, I'm the only one that, and I kind of love that. To be honest, like I mean, it's no secret that anybody doing an MMA, especially at high level, like. There's a bit of them that, like loves the loves the platform, loves the stage, and mm-hmm. and I'm no different to the rest in that sense. Like I love the I love my name under the lights, and you know to be the guy that flies the flag is, is again. It's so proud. It's a it's a proud moment, proud times. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, g- going back to to your debut, obviously you, you you took it. What what on was it six days notice? Am, am I correct? Yes, yeah, six days. Mm-hmm. six days notice. Like, well, obviously we know the the fight didn't go y- your way, but. It, it, with the benefit in hindsight, do, like, do you believe that maybe like you kind of made it, like it was a bit of a gamble taking taking a debut uh, on such short notice, or would you not change anything?
2: Oh, it was it was definitely a gamble, but it's a gamble I would take time and time again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a situation like is the re- the risk higher than the reward, and you know the reward was way higher. So um, you know, that's we in that fight to win the fight, but again, circumstantial. Um, it didn't happen. But uh, you know, I regret it often, and it was uh, yeah. No, I'm very happy with how not how it went, but I'm happy with how, how it all has played out, and it's definitely played to my favor, I believe.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, in in your second UFC, I uh, and you're facing somebody who's been around the block a lot longer than Hamza and uh, and Alex Moreno. What have you made of his uh, of his last few fights that you've seen him in?
2: Yeah, you know, Alex has had a he's had a mixed UFC career. Like he's, uh, yeah. you know, he has. I don't think he's really. He hasn't really had a straight run of fire like a lot of split decision wins and a few losses. You know, he's strong one, lost one, strong one, stuff like that. So, um, you know, he's been around the block. I don't think he's he's let the world apart. Um, you know, and again, I, I just feel like we're a different. We're a different level of fire here. And but again, it's up for me to show that on Saturday, and, and I plan to do so. But he he has a, he poses his challenges and his threats. But you know, I, I don't believe it's anything I, I haven't seen before.
4: Mm-hmm. and are you happy to be fighting somebody who um who, who who is a ufc veteran because in a sense it gives you the opportunity to prove more so that you belong here in the ufc that more so than had you beat chemaev because obviously chemaev was an unknown uh, com- uh, commodity uh, prior to facing you so are, are you happy to be fighting a, a much more experienced fighter
2: yeah of course i think i would have been it uh, if i if i got a debut fighter or someone mm-hmm. with you know like a UFC loss or I would have even got up with that so to get a veteran and that also shows where the UFC put me uh, it shows you know the level they have me at like a win here and there's no reason why I can't call it another well known name um, and yeah. you know so I think again it does it speaks volumes to, to how the level they know I am and um, yeah I think I think that says everything
4: mm-hmm. and uh, uh, do you all feel any well added pressure to win this fight because in 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 the past, the UFC have sometimes been very ruthless with, with cutting people. Like I, I know that wouldn't necessarily happen to you because obviously you took the Chamaya fight in six days' notice. But do you all feel any pressure because of that?
2: No, no, I don't feel pressure. I think the only pressure is on myself and it's to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't feel pressure about. Like, I know, I know the UFC are ruthless and rightly so. That's why they're the best promotion in the world. They don't carry dead weight. Um, but no, I don't. I don't feel anything like that. I'm just here having a good time and again Saturday is going to show uh, that I do belong there, and, and yeah, it's a non-issue in my mind. Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, moving away from your fight, um, I'm I'm doing a a, a feature on uh, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, getting fighters' predictions and fighters' thoughts on fighters' breakdown of the fight. How do you foresee this rematch uh, going?
2: Yeah, I kind of see it going kind of the same the same as how it, how it went the first time. Like mm-hmm. I think Conor's just. He's just a different level to Dustin. Although Dustin's had a good run, but um, yeah, I just think Connor will be too much for him again, and it'll probably—I think—maybe go into the second round this time instead of, instead of so early. But uh, I can't see it being a different result.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Now, going going back to the, the fight with Alex. Obviously, Alex lost his uh, his last fight to—I um, I think it was Chaos Williams. Uh, that that was—I uh, think that was in February, but that, that was only like yeah. twenty seconds. Uh, that stoppage do you garner much from like a, a short fight like that what like uh, what can you really take from an opponent losing in like under 30 seconds and then try to implement in your own game
2: yeah well it's hard I, I, I've i watched that fight it was you know it's kind of a big part of Alex's career I think he, he fights emotionally he gets very mm-hmm. aggressive and I think he got caught up in the moment uh, you know I believe that was his home tie uh, and they came out to a gunfight early so um, mm-hmm. you know you you get clipped early you know, I, I don't look, I don't look into much, but I wouldn't look into it much if it was in the last minute of the last round ever. You know, I kind of, yeah. I, I watch a lot of fights, I watch, you know, most of his fights and break them down from there. You know, to to score off his last fight, especially when it is a thirty second fight, would be silly and careless. So um, yeah, I mean, there, there's stuff to take from it mm-hmm. when you think
4: about it, but not too much. I, I'm not, I'm not really into stuff like that too much. Okay, and a, a final question from me. I, I really do appreciate the time, uh, Reese. Um, without looking too far into the future, I know you're not one to to get too far ahead of uh, put the put the cart before the horse or whatever that uh, that old expression is. But what do you hope twenty twenty one holds for you?
2: Yeah, I just want to fight big names, you know. I'd like uh, I want to start climbing up and to fighting a top twenty, a top fifteen guy. And, mm-hmm. You know, a few more wins and wins over the names that I plan to get. You know that that has to happen. It'll be a forced action from the UFC. So it all starts with Murano on Saturday night, and and then we'll go from
4: there. Ah, Reese, thank you very much for the time today. I do, I really do appreciate it. Take yeah, care and you, good man. luck on Saturday night.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Okay, guys, we're back. I just wanted to garner some of your thoughts on Reese saying that he didn't feel that taking the Jamaya fight on six days' notice was a gamble for me personally okay okay for for me personally i, I can un- oh, i can understand where he's coming from because obviously it's it's the opportunity to uh, fulfill a dream something he's been working for since the age of 16 he's he's 24 25 now so something he's been grafting for for 9 years and i personally if i was in issues, i'd be like Fuck the circumstances. I'm, I'm, am I'm am go- I'm gonna take the fight and what have you. So, what, what's your guy's thoughts on, on him, t- on, on him and fighters taking UFC debuts on, on six days
0: notice? I'm
4: trying and, to be kind here. Uh, yeah, I oh, was gonna to go to you, Mr. Morgan, first.
1: <laughs> sorry, there was a mind, massive sir. gap, so I thought let me just jump in it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was gonna say that. I'm trying to be kind here when um, I look at Rhys McKee's career. He was one of the guys who, it was, I think, a few years back when he was at Bama and he was going to face Johnny Jiu-Jitsu, I think his his, his moniker is. And a lot of people were actually counting him out because um, Johnny Jitsu has so much experience on him. But he proved the doubters wrong. He went in there and he schooled him. He made him look like an amateur. So going into face um, Kamzat-Chamayev, I have to say, I wasn't that confident, even though he was coming in with that pedigree. Yes. When he talks about it not being a gamble, I can see from that perspective, when you put into the mix the fact that, you know, he took out Johnny Jitsu um, or Johnny Jitsu, I, I, can, I can see where he's coming from. But to the fan, to the layman even, to anybody watching outside, of course it was a massive gamble. This guy had laid waste to the white Mike Tyson and he'd done it in quite emphatic fashion of course he was yeah. a gamble he did it at a higher weight class as well so the way that I look at it is From his perspective, just to underline, I can see where he's coming from. Of course, it wasn't a gamble. He'd been there, done it. And uh, to all the doubters who laughed at him the first time, he was looking to prove them wrong. But from my perspective, looking at this, not only as a fan, but as somebody who obviously works in in the industry, it was a massive gamble and a gamble which I think, you know, he was gutsy to take on.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jeep. Your thoughts?
3: Um, I'm with Mike here. Mike is always the voice of um, wisdom here, huh? Um, (laughs) Except except when we're talking about Connor, but. I agree with Mike here. Um, I think it's a big risk to take. And I think that's like ballsy of him and whatnot. And I don't know, like his financial situation or, you know, when you get that big break, guys, you know, sometimes you got to jump on it. So maybe that's Mm -hmm. what he means by like, it's not that big of a risk. In fact, you got to take risks in this business. And that's probably what he means by that. But me, personally, if I was a fighter, I'd be a little bit pickier about, like, unranked dudes or, like, no-name yeah. fighters. I would try to find a way not to piss off Dana, but also on occasion turn down a fighter, too, that I thought I would, would, would lose or, like, it was unfavorable. I would play that game because I would definitely be thinking about those risks. And I think him fighting... Um, Shamayev was hella risky and you know what's risky about him too is that we didn't know much about Shamayev and neither did he so that's risky I don't know but I don't fight y'all so (laughs) who knows
5: (laughs) (laughs) Kairos what are your thoughts i might be a little bit on the opposite side of the spectrum with this one it ain't no risk you want to know why it ain't no risk because he's in the ufc as a result we see a lot of fighters jump on the ultimate fighter in weight classes that are not their primary weight class just to get in the ufc and get their opportunity sometimes they lose first round sometimes they win it all That just goes with the game plan, and for a lot of people and their mentality, if you're in this game, you have to have supreme confidence in your abilities. Sometimes it has to be borderline arrogance, sometimes it has to be borderline blinding. Sometimes you have to sit there and say to yourself, yeah, I'm going to fight Amanda Nunes as Megan Anderson. I'm going to knock her the fuck out. And right. although 3.8 billion people are laughing at her, probably the whole planet's <laughs> laughing at her. She yeah. still believes. Her team still believes, and that's what she needs to do. And sometimes, in in this game, people make things happen. Sometimes people win fights they shouldn't win. Sometimes they win fights they should win. Vice versa. For him to go out there and think he could beat Shmaya, although I think he's smoking crack he thought he could do it and if he would have done it then we'd all look foolish and he would have looked like the wiser out of us, it just didn't go his way I respect his decision making, I respect his mentality and I'm not going to sit here and shit on him for believing he can win a fight I'm just, i not going to do that for fighters, I just can't do that
3: and you're supposed to think like that too Like they're not supposed to be like oh Amanda can beat me (laughs) if if you think like that you've already lost and then you're going to perform that way so that's why every fighter is like it's my time they believe it and that's okay too
4: and in hindsight, I mean, look, I I, I know Reese got got well and truly dominated in that fight, but just look at the trajectory that Jemayaev is on. There's no shame in that loss whatsoever, none whatsoever. Yeah, and true. And with with this fight, he's going in uh, against uh, Alex Moreno. And Moreno, he tends to well, he tends to blow hot and cold. So he'll get a win or two here or there, and then then he'll lose. And he, but I, I believe, he lost his last fight in. Like thirty seconds at UFC 247, if memory serves me correctly. Mm. Um, who did he fight? It was oh, like Chaos was Williams. For, yes, it was. Yes. yes, it was. It was Chaos Williams. But I think, for, like we- weirdly, I think Reese, if he beats Alex, it's going to put him in better stead than if he had beaten Chimaev, because obviously, really, yeah. Because if you think of it from this perspective, Chimaev was still, still an, own, an unknown commodity to everybody else, and. Alex Moreno is somebody that's been around the block in the UFCs for, I think, five or six years. So I think you're asking that question from, from the perspective of what Chemaev is right now. I'd say mm. Chemaev had lost to Rhys McKee, then we all, like, he'd just be another guy, just be another, another, <coughs> uh, another, mm-hmm. an, another Russian. So, uh, yeah, I think weirdly enough, an like, uh, impressive showing against Alex, Alex Moreno could, well, could put him in a better position. But that's just me
5: y'all i'm crazy (laughs) (laughs) he's got to win though first that's my thing though i'm thinking about what Mm -hmm. you're saying i'm factoring in my head i'm like he still has to win this fight and although morano didn't look that great in his previous performance he still has shown us he's got talent and you're right he is hot and cold a lot But I think one of the X-Factors for Murano is his camp that he transited. You saw, like, last year, Al Forrest MMA won on a streak, won, like, 90% of the gym's fights. This year, I don't know if the percentage is as high as it was, but they still still have some highly talented fighters and great coaching there. So it's Mm -hmm. going to be a war for him. I'm very interested to see how this turns out for him. Likewise. Likewise. Sorry, I was drinking water, and for some reason... There was hair in it, and I don't know if it's dog hair or my (laughs) hair. You dirty ass (laughs) motherfucker! Yes, I'm like, yo, what the? Because I drink a lot of water, so I'm always having cups in my room, filling them up, and like, I'm just like, what is this in my mouth right now? But anyway, let's talk about weight cutting in the UFC. We are entering. (laughs) a weight cutting renaissance yes i said it renaissance there's a lot of fighters that we see deplete their body for 30 pounds 40 pounds 50 pounds of weight sometimes in a week sometimes in a course of weeks whatever and there's a lot of people who use that to their advantage they're trying to be the larger fighter the more imposing fighter the heavier fighter on fight night rightfully so it has its benefits it certainly does and there's a lot of people there are a lot of people who've made careers out of doing that but as we've seen the longer you cut that weight the harder it becomes and your performances suffer rda when he was at 155 pounds was phenomenal for a long streak of time then it started to deplete him at the tail end and he went up to 170 and then he wasn't cutting as much weight but he also wasn't as large and imposing compared to his competition so he came out there and won multiple fights and had success there against terek zafedin neil magni and um a few other i can't remember the other person's name but then he hit walls against the larger guys who were going to grapple him too so then We're in the situation now where he's thinking to himself, should I be cutting weight then and playing the game that everybody else is playing or should I be doing my own thing? And you see it from other fighters too. You see what happened when Max Holloway went up to 155 pounds against Dustin Poirier and got smacked badly. Like the fight was not as competitive as people thought and it showed in him reacting to the shots he's taken. You see a fighter like Ioana who dominates at 115 that she goes up to 125 pounds and it's just a different ball game against Valentina. You see it like, so it's not just the male division, it's the women's division, it's um... It's the higher weight Mm. class, it's the lower weight class. You have DC, for goodness sakes, had to cut weight to get down to heavyweight for one of his fights, for goodness. Like, how the fuck is he cutting weight for heavyweight, but then also able to make (laughs) light heavyweight? That's like, it boggles my mind how people are doing this, but I think a lot of people tried the whole thing of, I'm not going to cut weight for like the last two to three years, like Cerrone fighting at welterweight and other people fighting at welterweight and 45 and 35 and so on and so forth, but they've seen that they have hit a glass ceiling and I think we're starting to go back to the old ritual ways of cutting 30 pounds on fight night like Burrell style and I'm, I'm, it's sad but I feel like it was inevitable to happen when you aren't adding weight classes
3: yeah do, mm. do you want to add more weight classes Kyrus?
5: depends you, which weight classes
3: you like that um, 165 um, discussion
5: I, I fucking love that weight class I do but yeah. I don't think we need to add a Kevin Lee to chime for that division
3: mm. I would say Can, that you know, <laughs> since, since we're talking about weight class Classes and stuff, real quick. Just like, what's the? Sell me on the one sixty five division. I think Juice from Fighting with Myself podcast tried to sell me on it, and I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe I'm just being an old purist, or I'm just being stubborn. But you guys like that idea? Like, what? Yes. Sell me, sell me on it. What's so special about it?
5: The variety of matchups, of potential matchups we could see. I think of it like this. There are so many in-betweeners in between 155 and 170 pounds. 15 pounds is a large difference. So who knows what happens? Maybe Colby sits back and says, all right, you know what? I'm going to fight at 165. What if Tony was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm going to fight at 165. What if Habib's like, you know what? I'm a heavy 55 er I'm gonna think about all the potential matchups that you could possibly have in that and people saying that It's gonna deplete the two most stacked divisions that everyone claim is so stacked well if they're so stacked You wouldn't be worried about depleting the divisions It's either they're stacked enough to have a weight class in between two of them And they still have enough talent to carry on or they aren't as stacked as we're saying they are So my question is this which one is it? And I also think it's safer yeah. for a lot of people. I think that there's too many people, like Woodley weighs probably 200 pounds. I, I'm confident saying Tyron Woodley weighs 200 pounds. He's
4: a big gentleman. He's like a huge dude. He's thick. Dude. Yeah. He's thick.
5: The, like, this, the telltale for knowing that someone's large for weight is looking at that ass, and he's got a fat ass. So I'm saying, <laughs> right, he, he's at least 200 pounds. So that's why I'm saying, like think about what would happen for Woodley if a lot of the larger fighters were like, well, Because there's a weight class for me, I'm going to move down because I'm a larger guy, but I can cut a lot of weight, or vice versa, I'm a smaller guy and I'm not trying to do all this. I feel like that would benefit guys like Woodley, especially if they added one in between 170 and 185 per se. But, you know, that's a little bit too picky. I know that a lot of people aren't even thinking about yes. that sort of thing. But just, for right now, I think 165 is important, but I also think that, even, I think 105 for women is important, too. Um,
0: yes. I, I think yeah.
5: 110 is a little bit like a no. I, I don't like that idea at all. That will definitely mm-hmm. deplete the divisions. But a 105 pounds for women is definitely going to help, too. But you have to find the fighters. Mm.
4: But yeah, I also think, I, I think there needs to be a there needs to be a gap between between uh, light heavyweight and heavyweight. The, the discrepancy is just far too big. And I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the other day and uh, the the World Boxing Council, and they got ridiculed for this uh, the other day for Im- introducing another belt because in boxing there are far too many belts. There's like four federations yes. and then oh and then God. multiple champions or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the WBC just in- introduced uh, a bridge weight. Uh, weight class. So that weight is going to be the, uh, between cruiserweight and heavyweight. Because you've got guys like, I don't know if you um, know the Ukrainian, uh, U- Ukrainian gold medalist, uh, Alexander Yusik, who fought Derek Chisora, um, uh, London's own Derek Chisora, a couple of weeks ago. So he's wanting to move up to, uh, well, well, he has moved up to heavyweight. He was a former undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world. And he's like, I've cleaned out the division. I need to go up and try figure stuff out. But when he fought Derek Chisora, who well, if he, he's a big guy in comparison to like your normal guys, but mm-hmm. in terms of heavyweights, he's not that big. And uh, Usyk next to him just looked very, very small. So, for so I can see the benefit of adding a weight class in between there. And so, like, uh, in bringing it back to MMA, like I think John Jones, uh, I, I've like Israel Adesanya made a, a good point when he was like, You're going to put on all this extra muscle to. To, to go and compete against heavyweights you don't know how you're going to move with all the extra muscle you don't know how your central nervous system's going to work with that i think if there was a, a cruiserweight uh, weight class in between that would be perfect for john he, like he could just not have to cut weight if you know what i mean he could yeah. just go in there and just just eat normally but so yeah i think 165 uh yeah 165 and cruiserweight weight class and 105 those would be the ones that i'd add mm. Mr. Mike.
1: Morgan?
3: Yeah, Mike, what do you think?
1: I'm waiting for the you see, contrarian
3: point of view to come <laughs> in. Right. <it>. No, no, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, 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 I like the sound of it because, you know, people like Kevin Lee do spring to mind and I always think of, when I think of 165, I think of Kevin Lee because it's tailored to him. I yeah. Think. yeah but there is no, there's no real logical argument against it given that, you know, well, one, the fighters have been calling for it, but two, this whole lockdown and training and weight cutting it's no and impossible and and the way that I look at it is surely that means that you know you'd actually cut like Kyra said there's no arguing against it you'd actually cut the divisions which are so stacked which are so um, talent rich in terms of how many people in that division there's not really an argument against it there really isn't Well,
3: well there must be because Dana's not doing it what have you heard about Dana not what's his problem with it
4: he just doesn't uh, just <laughs> don't like change i i, I, I don't <laughs> know <changed>. like
3: Man.
4: <laughs> yeah i i love, don't get me wrong like i mean obviously we know the ufc is the mixed martial arts elite elite uh, elite promotion and i mean I th- from their perspective they're just like nothing's broke so there's no point in fixing it Right. But yeah. Okay. but I like I like um, I, I like that we mentioned Kevin Lee because gee mm-hmm. uh, you uh, obviously we met at the UFC 244 uh, mm-hmm. fight week and you saw Kevin Lee on media day you saw he looked good and whatever but do you remember what you looked like when you stepped on the scale in the morning Man. The fr- like
3: when you cut yeah, he cut weight it was hor- yeah terrific. horrific it was horrendous yeah yeah, it's pretty scary. Did you speak to
1: him about did you speak to him about, about the weight? And, uh, you know, he has spoken about it before, but I'm trying to remember where I heard it because I, I know that you spoke to him. I, I remember it being a really brilliant interview, but I wasn't sure whether it was you that spoke to him about 165 and that being, like, perfect for him.
3: No, I would have loved to divulge more into that subject, but, you know, at Media, mm-hmm. Mike, they give you... There's, like, a time frame. There's a line and stuff, yeah. so I had to get, like, the questions that I wanted to really, really discuss for the pod. And if it had been like if I had been given more time, I definitely would have asked him that because I'm not Mm. very savvy with this topic. That's why I'm asking. Even though this is (laughs) Kairos' topic, I'm asking. I'm picking y'all brains because I'm not. I've I've never cut weight. If I lost weight, it's because I wanted to, or you know, I've never had to cut weight for a sport, even when I played them. And even so, um, just yesterday, Mike Perry said. You know he's got ten days, but twenty-five pounds, and I'm not sure how I'ma do it. But here we go. So it oh is definitely God, an it's issue. Just, yeah,
4: it's ridiculous. And I, well, we're, we're even missing uh, arguably the person who cuts the most weight about recently, Paolo Costa. That man, like, well, no, he has to he has to diet down st- like strictly, like to the macronutrient. To fight week, and then afterwards, then he has to remove whatever water he's got left in his body. That's like mean. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And I think he de- well, oh yeah. Do you not remember uh, that like he was doing a series of uh, of YouTube videos and whatever? And I think it was no. In fact, I spo- Yeah, I even spoke to him. Like in uh, in the, I completely forgot about this. I even spoke to him. Uh, and it must have been about maybe four four or so weeks ahead of the the Adesanya fight, mm-hmm. and he said he was weighing. Uh, how, how much was he? He was weigh- he was ju- just shy of weighing a hundred kilos. So that's two hundred and twenty pounds. Two hundred twenty pounds Yay! that that he, that he was weighing, and then he got down to well he, he made championship weight. So I um, it's that's just wow. not good for the body. That yeah. that man would have to cut down to like he'd have a hard cut getting down to two or five. And Do you know what I mean?
3: And my thing is like this. If you're losing all that weight, how do you nourish the calories that you're burning from also working out? Like, if I did that, I would faint. Like, if I worked out as hard as I I Mm -hmm. normally do, but also not come home and just pig out, (laughs) you know what I'm saying?
4: Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like,
3: I don't understand how these athletes fuel their bodies because they work out so hard, but yet they can't eat certain things and whatnot. I think it's just, it's scary, but also hella intriguing. Like, Like, how do you fuel the workouts if you have to watch what you eat like that?
1: It's not even fueling the the workouts and um, fueling your body. The brain as well, in terms of the water that you actually lose. That's why, obviously, this is like a a well-worn trope, but that's why there's so many knockouts. When you you look at what they're actually doing to the body, they're literally stripping every single part of their body of water, including the brain.
3: Yeah, I think it's insane. It's fascinating, but insane. And it also, they do it so much. So, like, when they get older, are they going to have, like, kidney failure? Are they going to... And then we sometimes we wonder why they act so strange when they're not fighting between the brain trauma and then this this water that you speak of. It kind of makes me wonder, like, it's kind of why a lot of them might be reckless out here. You know, you just never know.
1: You know, I know you're going to get onto this, G, but, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that might be a factor in why Mike Perry is the way that he is. But I know that we're going to get onto it, so I won't steal your thunder. But Mm -hmm. that, I think, does actually, well, does need to be discussed.
3: Yeah, I just think there's like a whole facet that we're not ignoring, but we don't know much about because it's like to study the brain, people unfortunately have to be dead for like the type of damage that we want to see that, you know, combat sports causes. So it kind of makes it difficult to kind of study them. They, you know, they're alive still, <laughs> but they're acting crazy, and I wonder sometimes if it's all the concussions and the weight cutting, and and even though their bodies are beautiful and they're like cardio machines, I wonder how they're hurting themselves, especially in the long run, you know, when you're 80 years old and you're mm. 70 years old and you've cut yeah. weight for over 20 years and you've had hundreds of concussions. What do you, what happens then, you know?
4: Uh, only time will tell, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. That's, the, that's what's so scary. You know, something to think about, though.
1: You're up, G. Oh,
3: I'm up. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to talk about, like, um, fan and fighter interactions, but specifically online. So, it's no secret to everyone here that we spend a lot of time online discussing... MMA and for me it's Twitter and MMA Twitter but we also use like other social networks to connect for example Kairos MMA is on YouTube and sorry for the shameless plug if y'all not watching this y'all are bugging out Kairos has new toys new new everything and it's dope shout out to you brothers new look yeah like it's I'm really impressed I watched it um like two nights ago yeah it's Mm. quite a step up good for you Kairos but my point you're welcome. But my point being is that we're, like, pretty active on social network. Like, I met Mike on it, da-da-da. So, but lately, though, with the emergence of MAGA UFC and Dana encouraging fighters to meet with the president and to speak freely about their politics, and also with this pandemic, um, MMA has been weighing heavy on me lately. And what I mean is that, like, the fighters to me as of lately and, like, a lot more than I've ever known since being a UFC fan for maybe 20 years now – they're really starting to show like a really ugly side of themselves. And it's like shocking to me. And like, you know, Kobe's comments about Black Lives Matters was just racist. And, you know, the comments he made about them being terrorists and Tyrone Woodley – Oh, terrible. Masvidal, y'all, he's out here dancing, shucking and jiving and spreading misinformation and propaganda for the <coughs> Trump campaign. And he's nonstop. Like, bro, like, go back to tweeting about fighting. Like, that's why we liked you. Remember?
4: I'd stop as soon as that woman called you Mexican, bro. That's, that's Thank like, like, you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank
3: you. You know, and it, he's still going. Jake, and then there's COVID. Jake Shields tweeted yesterday, if you're having a bad day, just remember there are grown-ass men that are scared of COVID. My God.
1: <sighs> wow.
3: And, it, and then I could go on and on. I found a video of Tito Ortiz and some Republican comparing Obama to Hitler. It was unreal. And then, and then it's not even always political or about the pandemic. Some of them abuse dogs. Just recently, I'm a huge Santiago Ponzinibbio fan. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I
4: saw that, yeah.
1: Guess
3: who's just like, you know what? Here we go again. Um, I believe he had his dog's ears cut. Clipped. Clipped. Yeah. And he posted a photo of the dog healing and also used the N-word. Like, what's up, my N-words? No, thank you. So my tirade is basically like, I feel like it's just been... A lot lately that fighters are just kind of showing us that they're really flawed or like really mean-spirited people. And it's really taking a toll on me. But here's the good news. I recently bumped heads with Jared Gordon online. And once again, I was, (laughs) shut up. Once again, he's online and he's actually telling someone that they're an idiot for wearing a mask and also for approving of Biden's tax plan, which basically is he wants to tax rich people. So um, a friend of mine named Nitraj that is also a very loyal. Shout out li- Yeah, shout out to Nitraj. He's a loyal listener to this podcast. He's listening right now. I don't even have to tell him to listen. He listens every week to both shows. He's in <laughs> yeah, my we mentions. Love yeah, we He's love dope. Nitraj. And not only that, like I've been tweeting him the same way I've been tweeting Kairos, Quiet is Kept for years. So it's like they become your friends. So I don't know what happened, but Jared attacked him when Natraj was like, wait, bro, you don't wear a mask? and and blah blah and um, Jared told natraj speak english now let's what? talk yes now let's talk about natraj natraj is um, indian and he looks indian in his photo and also natraj speaks i believe three different languages and speaks english probably better than me and you and when he was tweeting Jared, he spoke perfect English. So you know me, when I saw that, and I saw the racism, and I saw my friend mm. getting the brunt end of it, oh, yeah. I jumped right in. You know, I try to stay out of stuff now, because you know me, y'all, I'd be suspended one day, online and next, so I'm trying to watch my <laughs> mouth and shit. Shout out
1: to a handle. Yeah, shout out to that. <laughs> I'm
3: still here, y'all can't shut me up. But I jumped in on this. And we, ha- we dragged him from, from, here, from he- here to Timbuktu. He got dragged. And some other people jumped in. So, long story short, in the morning I wake up, Jared Gordon gives me and everybody that he beefed with an apology. Oh, my God. It did so much for me. I even told Jared. I was like, I'm elated. Everyone needed to see a fighter do the right thing or, like, mm-hmm. speak nicely. Like, there's just so much bullshit on here. And that me and him had a nice conversation and was so nice of him to kind of talk, you know, like to apologize. Because it just feels like these fighters are jerks lately. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. Whatever. And guess what? I was elated. It didn't last long. Y'all heard about UFC Shayna dragging Mike Perry? Another yep, fighter yeah. online interaction that went horribly wrong. Apparently his girlfriend Latore uh, said some not so nice things about Danielle Nickerson after that um, that what's it called? That interview that she had—the very compelling interview. Junkie, yeah. Yes, UFC Shana didn't care for it. She had some words with LaTori Mike Perry jumped in. And man, oh man, did he jump in. He told uh, UFC Shayna, says the bitch with another woman's husband as her profile. By the way, UFC Shayna is an open lesbian that has just a guy friend in her profile pic. And then he said, get off me and LaTori's nuts. The only way I would ever hit a woman is if she put her hands on Queen LaTori. And please believe I'd leave a mark, bitch. Oh, my, oh god. my god. So <sighs> so forget about the Jared Gordon thing. I'm back to being like these fighters are fucking horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I mm-hmm. only speak for myself and it's only because of as of lately they've been saying a lot of off the wall shit. So my thing is this. Has there been like a lot of do y'all agree with me or is it because I'm an empath and I'm sensitive, but haven't y'all been seeing a lot of just gross racist or just You know, flawed behavior by these fighters a lot lately. And also, do you guys have any positive online interactions with fighters? Like, have you just mistakenly or randomly, like, kicked it with a fighter online? And you were like, yo, that motherfucker's cool. Kind of like a Jared moment. And I am going to start with Chisanga. Uh,
0: I'm...
4: Okay, so I'll, uh, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I think when I first got Twitter, I can't I can't remember how many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a huge, huge Rampage Jackson fan, and I talked <laughs> mad shit to Rashad Evans, like mad <laughs> shit online, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like, <laughs> like mad shit. But uh, eventually, I, I think he responded to me and whatever. Like he he, he basically checked me, and then I apologized, and then oh, nice. he was like, oh, ev- 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 he's like everything's cool, blah 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 blah. But that's just a, a testament to the the kind-hearted nature that we that we we know and love from 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 Rashad Evans. But mm-hmm. as it pertains to to um, to your question, there, like, w- what are my thoughts on 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 these fighters coming out with well, f- well, conspiracy theories now it seems and, like and, and, a and stuff like? <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I I I don't know. Part of me thinks that maybe people are just trying to. Be contrarian and and uh. get th- get themselves uh, get themselves noticed and discussed but i mean but then but then again there's there's loads of people who believe that stuff like i mean we, um, after after he beat uh, andre Feely, Bryce Mitchell went in that uh, anti mask uh, well well i i, d- I don 't want to say yeah. tirade uh, yeah i didn't want to say tirade because he wasn 't shouting or whatever but right, right, yeah right. He w- he w- he w- yeah he went on that on that rant and i mean the, w- we all know. We we don't even have to go into the evidence that that, that wearing a mask in public helps. That that's right. just that's just a fact. But with these fires, I, I I I I just don't know. I, yeah. And Mike Perry, like w- when I saw that, I was like, oh my goodness. I, I was just like, it's only. I was, well, first of all, props to to UFC Shana because a lot of people, as soon as Mike uh, would have responded, a lot of people would have just cowered and mm-hmm. and, and what have you, and would have just put the phone down like look I'm not going to respond oh no she posted the,
3: the, <laughs> the transcript the sound of the mother of his ca- mum. calling yeah, yeah like I know she wasn't I was having like,
4: it yep. no she wasn't having it and fair play to her for, for, for doing that because fighters need to be held accountable for, for things that they say like I mean you just can't you, you can't threaten you can't threaten anybody, but let alone you can't be a professional fighter and 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 threaten threaten a a, a young small woman because I think I've seen Shana at, uh, in the crowds at, somewhere. I think it was at the UFC two two nine media day. Yeah, yeah she she's pretty small. She's pretty petite. Like you can't be threatening any like it's yeah like but it just seems that we're talking about Mike Perry's behavior ad nauseum now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And Nothing's going to be done. I hope I hope beyond hope that. When does Mike fight? It's next weekend. It's next weekend he yep. fights. Or, uh, I hope it that somebody needs? asks. Yeah, I hope that somebody asks uh, him about his interactions with fans, and I hope somebody uh, uh, asks the UFC about it because you can't have you can't have your fighters threatening deme- well, well, threatening violence against any fans, let alone female fans. Yeah. But I'm also trying to think of have I had any cool interactions with with fighters online? Uh, I think Kenny Florian back in the day. Oh, I've yeah. I've, I've, I think, I, I I was doing like the UFC stand thing, like, oh, it's my birthday, can you wish me a happy birthday? And he, w- he wished me a happy birthday, I think it was my my, uh, my 20th birthday, And the, but he, tw- he jokingly responded, he like, you don't look 20, you look about 30. And it's like, oh, cheers, man. <laughs> but, like, but, you know, you know yeah. just having like a little joke or something right. there. Yeah, so... I'm sure there are plenty of others, and if they're hearing this or whatever, I'm sorry for for not remembering, but that's yeah. just all I can remember off the top of my head.
3: because it's kind of what I said before, fellas. like I have been watching this sport for so long, but I feel like right now, these flawed personalities, these like egregious things they're saying, or just when you they just don't seem human right now, and I have not experienced mm. that so much since like 2020. you know what I mean? like right now, right here. Kairos, what are your thoughts? Is it extra right now? And do you have any um, good interactions online with fighters? I
5: have two frames of thought. Like, the first Mm -hmm. frame of thought is this. Like, there's probably, like, 500 people on the UFC roster, and we can count, like, on our hands of the people who we know are just, like, fuckheads online. So, I'm not going to sit here and say it's all the fighters. It's (laughs) just a small portion. And it's, like, stupidity and idiocy travels further than like positivity. So that's why we keep seeing ass. it cuz like oh look at this dumb ass motherfucker saying this yeah. dumb shit. I'm about to retweet cook tweet, make some memes. Like. <laughs> like, but when Izzy, but when Izzy
3: um tweets and SARS and he pushes for that, that yeah. doesn't get much traction. They don't give a fuck about yeah, them right? black
5: people across the ocean. They don't care. Right. But like yeah, so that's one frame of thought, but also the other frame of thought is this like Um, A lot of these people are flawed people just like you and me like they're gonna make mistakes They're gonna say things they shouldn't say online They're gonna say things that they don't necessarily always believe some of these people might be trolling and then it just doesn't go Their their way and then they have to like back down. There's so many different variables So I'm not really out here ready to just say yeah All these people who who've been acting out this way or this way because fact of the matter is I've had more positive um, interactions with fighters and like people like that, the negative. Like the only times I've had negative <laughs> interactions with fighters is when people tag fighters and like my joke tweets. Like for instance, I joked about Dan Hooker charging people like five hundred. No, it's like a thousand dollars for a cameo, which isn't his fault. He he got done with cameo, but they automatically raise your price to a thousand dollars. People aren't buying it, so that obviously like you aren't going to make that money. But yeah. um, one person tags Dan Hooker, and and then he's like, "How about you worry about your motherfucking life?" da 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 da. (laughs) And I I thought it was kind of funny because like, well, I mean, you're saying this, but you're worried about my tweets. But like, but I felt like he came from that. Just I didn't think he was like emotional. I just thought he was talking shit because some people like to talk shit. I feel like he's that type of guy. I didn't think he took it personally. And same for a lot of these people who like will tag. Like, I remember I said said something about Corey Anderson getting murked by Johnny Walker. I remember
3: that. he he (laughs) tweeted (laughs)
5: <laughs> so it's just like a lot of these people aren't bad people. They're not bad people at all. Yeah. They just—it's online. They see shit talk. They they uh, retaliate, yeah, mean, and it is what yeah. it is. Yeah, like I don't yeah, take yeah, it personal. But when you start like saying, going on the tirades about like shooting people and beating people up and leaving marks, then it's like, all right, I don't know about yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: that shit. Yeah, that—that's the issue that I'm having. I understand. You know, like when they, they, they're rude to a fan, even though I'm like, damn, that was uncalled for. Because they're, they're, they are human beings, and I'm sure they get a lot of shit in their mentions. I'm not famous, and I have a lot of trash in my mentions. So I can't imagine someone in the spotlight. I'm sure fans are saying horrible things to them. My problem is more like the racism. You know, the, the anti-mask stuff, when we all know that wearing a mask is, you know, part of the, you know, it helps and stuff. Yeah. So it's just like... When it just gets to stuff that I think is dangerous, like what um, Cairo said about leaving a mark on a woman, saying that black lives protesters are going to finish the job and come back and rape the women and children, I do start to think like something's wrong yes. with him. You know, like yeah, you I went remember. a little too far. And plus you're also just, when it comes down to it, Tito Ortiz is lying. We all know that nobody yeah. told him that the black people are coming <laughs> back to, to rape him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's why I do kind of look at some of them like, wow, you really ain't shit like, or you really hate black people. It's sad because black people admire you and w- used to watch you fight in the UFC Tito. You know, like, it's sad. Mike, your thoughts. What's up?
1: Um, just like Chisanga, I've got some really good interactions, really good memories, and really good um, fighters who I call friends because of interactions yeah. online. Mm-hmm. Um, so my um, interactions have been, I would say 99.9% positive in the i would say infrequent um times when i've clashed with fighters we've ironed it out i'll give you a couple of examples with um i'll always go back to this mohammed lawal we were having this massive tear up online and we're talking like you know really like slinging insults at each other and bearing in mind he's a professional fighter, who could snap my neck in an instant. He didn't have to engage in this but it was basically about the state of racism in America and there was me, my English ass, trying to tell him (laughs) no, um, racism is manageable and this was all in the context of, I'm not sure if you remember but he was once uh, asked within uh, the context of um, I think it was a drugs hearing um, whether he understood English Oh, was i to remember this me, yeah. yeah he was trying to tell me that it was down to racism and i was like no it's not anyway he was bloody right of course he was right and there was me trying to, to tell him anyway yeah so we had like a massive argument about that fast forward three years we're sitting across from each other having a face-to-face interview and he said yeah i remember that and we were having such a cordial. Um, detailed discussion about race relations and you know i had to say to him you know what i was being a bit of a cock you were absolutely 100 percent right and we spoke like you know we, we turned off the recorder after the interview had actually finished and we spoke for a solid 45 minutes and it was about every and anything but it just made me think you know Sometimes, when you know you you hear and you see these interactions online, these people are decent in person, they are really, really decent in person. But the other, um, in terms of interaction, so I just got to squeeze this one in there again. Again, this was down to me and and me being a cock. I'm, (laughs) as as, you know, really pally with um Kane Musa, yeah. When he was clashing uh Mark D. Casey, I sought to get myself involved, highly unprofessional. And it was really gunning Mark and telling him how he moves like a mummy. He moves like oh a mummy boy. with his legs cut off. And like I, I was wow. really, really going to town on him. Now
3: you already, turned into a like, troll, was, Mike. That's not like you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. he, he, he was ch- he was chucking he was chucking um, insults back. They were really clever, I must say. I, he had me cracking up mm. as, at one because um, it was the Pied Piper, and like um, he kind of like cut the image out so the pie Piper was blowing smoke up Kane's ass and he was saying that's you that is I thought that was hilarious anyway uh, so fast yeah. forward to the fight now fast forward to the fight he knocks Kane out I think in something, something like 25
4: seconds yeah he starched him bro <laughs> yeah.
1: he, like he starched him stiff and like straight after the fight he was like you know what because we were doing like the post fight interview and everything you know what this is the fight game man I'm going to lose one time. And he turned it all around on him and I was thinking, but I've been a complete cock to you. Why aren't you giving it to me? And then similarly, um, you know, when we, he, he actually got to the UFC on the on strength of that fight, um, and obviously, you know, fights leading up to that, but he was sat um, just waiting for his interviews. And I, I came over and he said, I'm shocked and surprised that you wanted to interview me. Man, we had some wars. And then we just like, kicked it again, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, I would say in terms of interactions by and large they've been fantastic they've been really really good but going on to your point in your question g Mm -hmm. i think when you look at the climate now and you look at the amount of fighters who are ratcheting up their personalities in terms of what they think what their deep and darkest thoughts are it's i think they've been emboldened by the climate at the moment and that is the politics has emboldened people to speak their mind, to speak their mind in such a venomous way. And it's on the left and on the right as well. Yeah. I just think that because of the time that we're in, because of the contentious issue uh, for some people that um, America is going through, they feel as though it's kind of like gloves are off. So I'm gonna say how I feel and, and, and feel what I say. Now I, I'm not saying it's just down to that and that alone. But it does seem that that has been a trigger for some people, because if you look at the timing, you know, the politics, I feel, does play a large part in it.
4: (laughs) No, I agree with you.
3: Yeah. And also, too, they have a boss that doesn't, like, discipline them, kind of. There's no code of conduct. He's pushing for them to speak their minds, especially if you are leaning towards the right and support Trump. So, like... This is maybe what I'm experiencing is, like, that culture change sometimes Mac and I have discussed. Like, things are changing. The UFC is becoming quite political. And my politics don't necessarily align with what Dana's pushing. And although Mm -hmm. they don't align, I'm not, like, angry or anything about it, but it's just kind of like, man, this gets kind of heavy sometimes, bro. Like, damn. Like, I don't want to hear someone say that, you know, black protesters are coming to rape and kill children. It's kind of like Tito, chill. Like you have black mm. fans, you have. <laughs> I'm
4: convinced he was dropped in his head as a child, man. Yeah, something's honestly. wrong with him. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah
3: well, or or maybe his parents know, didn't put too much into education or something. Like, there's just something going on with him. Let
1: Let's not Let's not this, and let's not um, you know, uh, castigate those people who are acting in the way that they are. Okay, they're acting up. But I, I'm with Kairos when he talks about free speech. I'm with Kairos when yeah. he talks about, you know, really and truly, this is a platform where you should be able to say what you like. And, oh, of and course. I, I think um, we excellent. discussed it as well, G. Yeah. But as well as that, it's good to know where you stand. It's good to know that people hold these views. And I don't think That's you good. should be backwards in coming forward. You should say it with your chest. But yeah. before I forget, massive shout out to Shane on two fronts. One, for that line that she delivered Dusty Coochie. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> no. Have you seen that video? Have you seen that video where there's a guy, he wakes up out of bed and he's laughing. He goes into the shower, he's laughing. He's eating his breakfast, he's laughing. He's, he's, uh, he goes back to bed and he's laughing. That was me. I just could not get over that line. <laughs> Dusty Coochie. Yeah. So, so Shayna, yes. thanks, th- thanks for delivering that, but also for underlining the fact that Mike Perry is a dangerous individual. He can gaslight us all he likes by saying, oh, uh, my ex just uh, needs to move on and, and stop like, casting shade on you know, such a beautiful relationship and friendship that I'm in at the moment. No, he could have kept that up. But Shana brought out, or Shana bought out the, the the real Mike Perry, and it was good that he was on display, so no one can be gaslit or gaslighted by his statements so, of, you know, my ex needs to move on. This exactly. was the real Mike Perry that we saw in those comments. This was the real and un- unadulterated and unscripted, because I feel to a certain extent his original, oh well, you know, uh, I, I feel that she needs to move on, was a scripted move. This was. To the bone, Mike Perry, which kind of like goes back to what I was saying to you earlier, G. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think with this head trauma that fighters actually receive when they're fighting, with the weight cut that they actually go through, is it any wonder that the behavior and it's typically horrendous behavior gets pushed to the fore?
3: This is what I'm. This is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff that I'm talking about. Like people that get knocked upside their head a lot are acting weird out here, <laughs> and I'm starting to mm-hmm. think getting knocked upside the head and what they put their bodies through, and a little bit of I think some, I hate to say this, but I think that some of them are a little bit uneducated. Like Masvidal keeps talking about his First Amendment rights, but you can tell he hasn't read anything. He hasn't read the Constitution of the rights. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have a good grasp on it.
2: So mm-hmm. I think the
3: combination of those things. But I do agree, like, even though I'm complaining about what's been going on lately, it's just that it's just heavy to me. Like, the, the mood yeah. or the atmosphere of just these fighters having these really piss-poor opinions is thick right now. But I no way in shape, any way, shape, or form think they need to be censored. No. Code yeah. of conduct sometimes, if you get out of line, use the N-word, sure. But if they wanted, like Bryce talking about anti mass misinformation, do I think it's wrong and I, I hate it? But you can't censor the dude. That's how it, you know what I mean. Like that's how he yeah, feels. Yeah, exactly,
4: exactly. But I just yeah. know
3: the my mood right now with MMA, it just gets harder and harder. Like you, like I'll turn on the computer to just be like, time for MMA Twitter, and then it's like, oh, Pons Nibio uses the N word and <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and I know no, I'm not know, the only I, one that feels like this. I I, um, I had a conversation with Juice. Just today, and he feels the same way. He's like, it's like every day somebody is showing their ass, and you're like, God damn, bro, I like you. Why are you like this? You know?
4: <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, well, I mean, I think, I think the some some of the piss poor views, as you say, will, uh, will will die down as the the temperature of the political climate in America yes. dies down over the, well. Well, it will, it will die down. I think it's January 20th the inauguration is or, yeah. or, or, or what have That's you. That's what but you um, said too, yeah.
3: He, was, he's like, yeah, he I, said the same thing. He's like, I'm hoping as the country, the, you know, the political strife and all mm-hmm. that stuff eases a bit. Perhaps that'll just ease up with how <laughs> some of these things they're saying, you know. And, and, and if yeah. the numbers, if the COVID numbers go down, maybe people will complain less about the mask and stuff. So hopefully... And it is a hard yeah. time right now. Twenty twenty is a beast. You know, it's not the best time for anybody. Right
4: no, now. no, no, no. Of course, it's <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's horrendous. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, <laughs> l- like you say, hopefully, hopefully, some of these, <sighs> as you say, I I don't want to call for censorship because obviously, no. everybody across the world should have the right to say whatever they whatever they want to say. That's, I mean, m- millions of people have died for 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 people to have that right.
3: Exactly, but, and. Uh, I don't mean to on cut you, you off, Chisaka. No, but no. On you go. On you go. For people like me, like we have to learn how to separate the fighter from the, you know, from their exactly. views. And their, so exactly. Exactly. So it's also like it's my responsibility not to just be like I hate them. You know, like it's it's like Gina. You know that these people fight for a living. There, some people are not like you, and don't share the mm-hmm. same views. So it's like more like I have to cope, but still love this sport. You know.
1: Just, just picking up on what you just said there about 2020 being a shit year. I'm sure that no one on this episode of Shots Fired can argue that it's been the shittiest year for Leon Edwards. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Leon Edwards has had one of the worst years a fighter could have. I mean, imagine being so close, but yet so far. Imagine having these fights lined up that would actually propel you to actually lift gold and then it be snatched away now given all of that it's no wonder that he has not necessarily been in hiding because uh, a few interviews um have actually come out but um nothing as prominent as the one which he did with Ariel Hawani. now we've all seen the interview in which you know he talks about how he is now um, fighting um Kamsa Chumaya December 19th now one of the things that kind of stuck out to me or actually you know, made me pause and made me keep rewinding it just to make sure that's what he said um, was when he was asked, uh, did he think that Kamzat Chemaev was overrated? And he said, yes, he feels that he's overrated. And it made me think, are you taking him lightly? At your peril, mm-hmm. do this. Because when you look at Kamzat's overall record, He's got an unbeaten freestyle record, uh, wrestling freestyle record. He's got an unbeaten amateur record. He's 3-0 at amateur. But he's got an unbeaten professional record. He's at 9-0 mixed martial artist, professional mixed martial artist, unbeaten mixed martial artist. Now, when you add that up, my um, GCSE math says that's, what, 16. So that's 16 fights where he's unbeaten at. And it makes me want to ask the question, and... You you guys will be happy that my question this week is mercifully short. I do tend to kind of like ramble on. So I'm going to cut straight <laughs> to the chase. Is he right in saying that Kamzat Shumayev is overrated, given what I've just given in terms of his credentials? I'm going with G, first of all.
3: No, I think it goes back to what we discussed earlier in the show, that fighters have to believe certain things so that they can come out the victor. And mm. I do not think he's overrated at all i just think he's an unranked fighter that is very dangerous and is going to show us he's going to show up in the rankings soon and make his way up the rankings i I firmly believe that but for for leon the fighter that has to face him he has to believe these things he has to train this way he has to tell himself this these things and guess who else is telling him that probably his brother and his training camp it's a mentality and i've even heard from fighters too that like a lot of it is mental it's not just you're in good shape and you and you're, you're well rounded and you're a good fighter it's like it's a lot of it is in your head, so yeah. I think that's just him one believing it and two setting himself up to win he's got to believe that stuff i don't know what do you, what do you guys think
4: hmm I, well I, I i don't think leon's underestimating him in any yeah, nah. shape or, or shape or form We all know leon's a, a very cerebral and, and methodical type of person he's not going to be over uh, overestim- underestimating uh, Hamza whatsoever but in terms of is Hamza overrated uh, look it, it's, it's difficult to say it's, it's difficult to say right now until uh, until the, those two share the octagon together in, in yeah. December 19th like I mean I mean f- look obviously you beat, beat John Phillips. John Phillips Formidable fighter. Any fighter that makes it to the UFC is a formidable and good fighter. Or actually, maybe I need to kind of tone that down because some of the fighters that we've seen recently in the (laughs) fight nights, like yeah, I think you
3: could say that before COVID and these last
4: yeah yeah Yeah. okay so yeah I think I could say that before the uh, because like uh, no I don't I don't want to name names and air put anybody on blast or whatever but I think I think some of you guys like you know who 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 we're talking about like some of the fights. But yeah, until we see Hamza lock horns with well the elite of the elite, and Leon is the elite of the elite. Obviously, he's one eight eight of his uh, he's on an eight fight win streak, or is it nine? Is it eight? I know it's, it's an eight fight win streak. Sorry, mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. But until until we see Hamza move in there with somebody who's at the at the, at the top of the heap, you. It's difficult to say he's overrated now. If Leon schools him, and I mean stuffs every takedown and just makes him look amateurish, then obviously that yeah we can draw to the conclusion. Okay, w- there, if we we put him on this hype locomotive train a bit too early or, or, or what have you. But until until then, uh, it's I, I I don't know. I personally don't think he's overrated. I think yeah, I like think so. the 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 wrestling that he's shown the ferocity with his grappling. It's yeah. It's it's yeah. I mean it's scary scary stuff. It's scary, scary and, stuff to and, watch. And, and he's got
1: them hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Uh,
4: of course. Uh, of course. Uh, like it, and it wasn't even like it was a hit and hope with with Mershart as well. It was the first right hand that he threw of of the yeah. fight, and it was so fast. It was yeah. like a piston. It just the way he cocked it, chambered, and then it was backing it off. Yeah. So.
3: Cause it's so funny. I, I, a lot of times when we when we love when we love a new phenom, where there's always questions like, "But can he wrestle?" Remember when Izzy was like, "Yeah, yeah but he hasn't yeah. faced a wrestler." And remember with Johnny Walker <laughs> was like, "Oh, but he he smokes everybody so quickly. He hasn't been tested." Yeah. I don't feel that way with Shemayev. I think like what you said. Nobody's
4: before. asking those questions. What question is there? Yeah, to there's us?
3: nothing. He can grapple. And then he knocked Mears shot to another planet with one punch. I'm like, it's over. Like he's well rounded. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good luck, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Just good luck. Yeah just before
1: we go to Kairos I want you all, because Kairos is going to go last in this, I want, I'm going to come back to you all, and I want you to seriously consider what I have said to you before I feel as though Kamzat Shemaev is going to get in there and he's going to blitz Leon Edwards now, just, just, just mark my words. think Ooh. about what you said and also, bear in mind the pedigree that I've just gone through of this man, anyway over to you Kairos <laughs>
5: <laughs> I don't even understand why we're asking this question. By definition, <laughs> Hamza Shemaya It's so motherfucking overrated. Holy oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> I do what the go. fuck I'm listening to right now. I hear y'all <laughs> swearing on the Bible on this unmarked talent right now. He's about to go out there and beat the number three right guy in the world.
3: See, I ain't say all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and, and give I Mike did. that <laughs> I can <laughs> give my chest yeah. do, yo, do you all
1: yo, know the odds yo. that
5: Hamzat had when he stepped in to fight Reese? That man was minus 1400 Now I understand it's short note Bro, how are we going to give that type of odds to anybody? Bro, this dude is so overrated And I'm not saying he's not talented I'm not saying he's not dangerous I'm not saying he's not mm. impo- like he can't impose more. But I'm just saying y'all i remember after he beat Gerard, and there were people saying he should fight usman he should be fighting top five he should be yeah fighting i was like yo yeah.
3: what, what? <laughs> 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 no i'm with you caros i thought that was ridiculous yeah. i think him fighting leon is ridiculous i still yeah. think after mirshad give him someone else not leon damn like I do agree with Tyros that the way he's being perceived is a bit much, but I do still think he's a motherfucking threat. Like I think, I think pretty soon we're not going to be having this conversation. He's just going to be elite, or you know, the, you know, at yeah. the top. Like we we're or just, yeah. yeah. I didn't feel that way about Johnny and other people that you know people had like um, hype trains for, it. but for this dude, I do. But I, I'm with Kairos on this. Like the, the way they're loving him up, and and then when when he sat next to Dana during that fight, remember Mike, how mad I was. Like yeah, he was front yeah. front row <laughs> yeah, and center, like it. he was the vice president. I was like, get, get him out of there. <laughs>
1: Just
5: yeah. because this man has a beard and says smash doesn't make him Habib. I, I, I am so sick of people seeing attributes of certain people and thinking that that person is that fighter. They like, yeah. The
3: that new version. Yeah, the new, I hate it too. Oh, the, she's the female Khabib, or he's, he's yes. the new Khabib. No, he's just how Maya. can you be the
4: new Khabib when you're still in the same man's generation? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I'd understand maybe ten years down the line or whatever if the similarities. but
3: Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. And wait. does Khabib just have? The point, a, just the guy just a while ago saying about the guy's phenomenal and threatening and and rufus wrestling? What yes, I am going? saying that. I'm saying that. But
4: <laughs> but what I'm uh, yes, I'm saying that, but I'm not saying that oh he's the next Khabib Nurmagomedov, that he's the the next he's a clone of him or wh- whatever. Each fighter is their own fighter. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. plus the argument that I'm raising is the I don't think you can say, "Oh, he's the next Khabib." When how how old is Hamza? He's like maybe six years younger than Habib. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I don't understand if it's like maybe ten years down the line or, or what have you. Or you could say, "Oh, yeah, it's the second coming of Habib Nurmagomedov or no. somebody with similar I hate traits." When they
3: or do that yeah, it, it annoys beams the beams. hell out of me. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fans being. I hate the oh, you the new this. No, I'm just whoever, like or you know, or that the female Khabib. Nah, she's just really good at wrestling. Leave Tatiana alone. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh,
1: Stop yeah. I, 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 I'm I sticking with the <laughs> oh, 2.0. Come on. on.
3: L- okay,
5: let's put it in terms of something you can relate to. Let's put it in terms of some.
1: Okay. Brad
5: Pickett's pupil. Why can I think of his name right now? Who? What, what was that? I, Nathaniel I Wood. Nathaniel Wood. Brad Pickett's uh, pupil is Nathaniel Wood, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was, weren't people saying he was going to be the next Pickett? wasn't was um, uh, people hyping him up like he was like the next generation version 2.0 similar how they had T.J. Dillashaw being 2.0 to Dominic Cruz similar how had people being 2.0 to certain styles
4: yeah, I, I vaguely remember seeing that narrative. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing
5: it for both of these people and I understand there's similarities and yes I train around in proximity to certain people and yes I do this, that, a third. But there are so mm. many people that we have seen be cautionary tales this where it's just like just because I'm your teammate doesn't mean I'm gonna win fights. So I'm like Artem Loball, where where is he? He trains with one of the greatest <laughs> martial arts on the planet. He's fighting in bare knuckle boxing right now. Okay, what about Kennedy Jachuku? He's a Nigerian. Everybody thinks that just because you're Nigerian you could automatically fight that man should be zero and three right now No disrespect <laughs> to him, but he should not even have a win on yeah. his record right now There are so yeah. many people out here that y'all are so ready to roll out the red carpet for And they ain't done nothing to get the red carpet <laughs> yeah.
3: that, I, yeah. I do agree with that. I just think eventually he's going to walk on that red carpet. And I think Shasanga feels the same way. Like, we're not falling in love with him the way, like, the, those dumbass fans are, but we recognize that he's <clears> probably going to
4: be was pretty that? damn
0: good.
3: <laughs> not what you, was that not you Mike. You called your
4: dumbass fan, Mike? <laughs> Mike. I'm
3: sorry. I oh, my God, I'm just talking shit. She Mike, talking I was not shit. thinking about you when I said... <laughs> I have heard her as say this dumbass Mike. fans. Mike!
1: <laughs> as, as you've got the mic, G, we're going backwards now. We're going to come back to Kairos last just to give him time just to you know marinate on what he's just said there Mm -hmm. and just maybe mull over what i've said but going to you g Mm -hmm. bearing in mind what i've said bearing in mind this man's pedigree bearing in mind the ferocity with which he dispatches opponents man doesn't get out of second round i just thought i'd just offer you that as well oh also he's a finisher
3: yeah
1: are you telling me that leon beats him
3: uh yeah uh, <laughs> he, you, you hesitated there I mean
1: You want to find a friend
3: I, I, <laughs> 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 I mean This is this is. I'm picking Leon Because He's established himself In the UFC It's a trustworthy pick He's fucking well rounded That left counter I'm in love with I am concerned With uh, Shamayev's wrestling But I'm still You're not picking, concerned
1: With uh, You're not concerned With Leon's Ring rust been out for quite a while
3: no actually no i don't think so okay. i think leon's okay. actually that good i just don't think leon is an exciting fighter that's why people don't, don't give him the respect that he deserves and he is through the rules yes and i think he's it also is. really fucking well-rounded i think he can also grapple believe it or not so i think this is a good test for shemayev and him but i just can't pick my off of those people he fought and just ragdolled like that no
4: his wrestling leon's wrestling Thank has got, gotten a lot better yep. since the camaroism fight it's it's, it's, yep. a, it's night and day it's night and day and i i even remember um i was recently spoke to javier mendez and i asked him for his thoughts on leon because leon if people forget uh, recently well not recently he had a stint at aka in america and he says that from from what you see from what you saw then till now leon's completely different and what he's most impressed about is his wrestling and, and his grappling. and let's not Let's okay. not
3: act like he's not gonna probably really work on that fighting Shamayev, too. Like he's gonna come really prepared, you know, so I don't know.
1: So you raise a very good point there. He was at AKA. Isn't Daniel or wasn't Daniel Cormier at AKA? Who's Daniel Cormier going with? I
4: don't know. That's, that's <laughs> he's a good going question. Shama is the company. He, uh... man.
3: he goes wherever the company goes. So of course he's picking Shemaev. Come on now.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'm just waiting for somebody to say C-double-O-N. It's about two
0: seconds.
1: (laughs) Okay, Kairos, round it off. Now, like I say, just just bear in mind, this, this guy's a finisher. Bear in mind the venom that he brings when he comes in the cage. I hear where you're coming from, but do you really see Leon coming up against that as the victor?
5: You know, in chemistry, they call me a solvent. You want to know why? Because I break down all that bullshit. I break all the bullshit down. (laughs) Now, when we look at Hamzat, look at Hamzat and all his opponents that he has faced. If he Mm. were fighting in Bellator, y'all would swear that motherfucker was MVP fighting all them cans. So why the fuck is it that these people are in the UFC, and he's doing it in the UFC, and it somehow makes a difference?
1: It's either the opponents... how very dare you John Phillips the white Mike Tyson the can oh he's a how big v- end that's not what team. i'm I think saying he's a can. <laughs> that's not what i'm say- oh,
5: hold on hold- that's not what i said that's not what i what i'm saying is if he fought those people in Bellator
4: <laughs> and beat them that and manner beat them yeah in i know in
5: manner we would not be hyping him up how we're hyping him up right now that's mm. what i'm saying and it's facts it's straight the people treat the ufc like there are no you guys said earlier there are, you. If you're in the UFC, XYZ can happen. We've seen a lot of people who should not be in the UFC. One of the worst fights I've ever witnessed was UFC battle. I won't disrespect the people by saying their names, but it was by God the worst fight I've ever seen. And it showed me right then and there that certain people don't belong in this organization. Certain people shouldn't be fighting certain people at certain amounts of time. I'm giving Hamza Shemayam zero motherfucking credit until he steps in the case and fights Leon. He gets nothing from me. I'm not ready to proclaim this man is the savior to the middleweights, to the well, to, which, to no weights to the overweights I, no no Overweight. no Overweight. he's not he he <laughs> hasn't done nothing it's the same way as how connor set the division uh, set the division ablaze at 145 but guess what all those fights didn't make it out the second round like you said and then what happened when the fights made it out the second what happened when he fought chad Mendez? chad Mendez got so tired from whooping his ass that connor was able to finish him What happened when he fought Nate Mm -hmm. when it got out the two and a half minute mark? That's the difference between people who are unranked, who would never be ranked in the UFC, to people who are sitting in the top three. You are going to have to go the distance with these people. And if Mm -hmm. by God, you get them out of there, getting more power to you. But when you go the distance with them, Leon is a guy who's going to win rounds. What evidence do we have that Shamayev can win rounds against elite competition? And against someone who's not going to sit there unless you throw a straight right down the pipe? With their back up against the kick, ca- like, there's certain things that people in that category of fighters don't allow you to do. Fighters like that aren't going to willingly allow you to push their back up against the outer gun and throw shots at you, except for Tyron Woodley because his his back's glued to the back of the cage. But uh, everybody else, though, everybody, the people yeah. aren't going to let you do Battle that point. to them. De- Leon's going to circle out. He's going to force you, force you to chase him. He's going to throw back, too. He's not going to just sit there and be a heavy, but, yo, I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all. And I know I say some dumb shit. I know I got bad fucking picks sometimes, too. But I can feel this in my loins right now. I can feel wow. god is going to make y'all pay for this black I can feel
1: Leon in your
4: I said this weeks ago. I said I'm I was picking Leon. We, we don't talked don't about this. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm picking Leon. No, I No, 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 hang on, hang on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was giving Shemayev (laughs) his props. I wasn't saying that his skill set at this current time is enough to beat Leon. That's what, like, you're conflating the two. I understand
3: that we think Shemayev is really good, but hasn't proven himself Mm. yet to us. But we respect the fact that his wrestling prowess is something that is insane. And that one punch knockout to me was the truth against Gerald Mearshat. However... I'm not picking him to beat Leon Edwards, you know, but I respect him, Kairos. I'm not about to say he's overrated. And I'm also not Mike who thinks like Leon is about to perish. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Did someone. Who picked him two episodes ago? It was Mike? two or three episodes. I know Mike picked Shamaya, but somebody picked yeah. him too. No? Nah,
1: nah, nah, nah. Everybody Mike. was against him. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. I was the lone voice. The lone bird singing in the
5: wind. <laughs> 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 Do you know <laughs> what's annoyed?
4: <laughs> what's annoyed me about the the booking of of the fight, and I, what made me think about this was uh, the matchup between Kevin Holland and Jack Hermanson. That's they probably should have given Hamzat somebody in the top yeah. five or top six, yes. not the top three. I think that that's the appropriate step up in competition. Like you're just like you're, you're just above the. Um, the 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 seventh ninth and and tenth guys, but if you win, it shows that okay you're on the cusp of being elite, and then then they chuck you the number yeah. three, it's and then you can earn a title yeah. shot off the it's back of that. That's <laughs> what they should have done, I think. That's what they should have done. But instead, like, and I, and I don't get them. I, I don't I don't uh, I don't get them. Sorry, I don't begrudge them for doing this. Like, I, I, as I said weeks and weeks and weeks ago, that I think they're. They're, they're concerned about the Russian market and they think that Hamza Chemaev can be their next big star over there in like, the Eastern Bloc. I think that's, what, that's why they're investing so heavily into him. And that's why they've, um, they've fast-tracked him. And that's why... like I'll, 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 Another comparison I could say as well is that um, although he did earn his title shot with, uh, with the winner of a former title challenger, a two-time title challenger, Darren Till was somewhat fast-tracked. Oh, yeah. Someone. That's and, and, Someone.
3: And, yeah That's why he. Yeah, exactly. Well, but at least if, somebody that's elite because they didn't develop him enough. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, but go ahead.
4: But at least, at least with Darren, though he, he, well, he beat a two-time title challenger, so he could lay claim to to, to his. Uh, he could have a decent claim to having the title yeah. shot that, that he was given. But in terms of Jermayev, man, uh, like, yeah, it's. can
3: I discuss this on the on the other show? Like, I kept saying, why not Neil Magny? Why not um, Vincent Luque? Why not Jeff Neal? Why not Michael Chiesa? How the hell we get to Leon? Because you want to get him straight to Usman. That's where I'm like, that's wrong. He should be, after shot, you give him a step up. That's Magny. That's, you know, Chiesa. That's, you don't give him Leon on an eight-fight win streak and on the, you know, on the fringe of a title shot. That's, that's where the overratedness, that's where you get the Kairos people yelling and shit. And I get it, you know?
4: <laughs> but it's also like I, I think i think ariel kind of kind of uh touching it even leon touched touching it as well he's like leon leon knows that the ufc they wants him to lose they, they he want knows to yeah. Lose. Yeah. They want, yeah he knows they that want
3: they have to take Usman and him out Usman doesn't even yeah. sleep with dana when he's working and the ufc fights shimaev does
1: you know just before we wrap up i just wanted to get your take on this weekend's Action! Paul Felder steps in the balls of oh, Paul Felder I know. to the main event against Rafael De Sanyas. But on the same weekend, we also have Bellator two five two Pitbull Pitbull versus Cavalio. Now, um, just on those two cards, anything jump out of you and float your boat, Kairos?
5: Because you repeat that, I'm so sorry. I'm out here like smoking oh. crack, and I can't even focus. What did you say? <laughs> say that <again>. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: i was just saying uh this weekend we've got paul felder and rafael Anjos, and also pitbull versus cavallio is there anything from any of those two cards that jump out at you and float your boat um isn't pico returning on that card too
5: yes he is um, yes, he, he is, is yeah oh, two, five, two. yeah i'm hoping he uh continues his streak and i'm hoping bellator does a better job this <coughs> round with like um yeah, giving him the right him. opponents at the right time and uh, the other, there's two fights on the um, on the UFC card that no, I really so? want to know on the, on the UFC card. Brandon Allen versus Sean Strickland. I really am curious about that one because Brandon Allen's a fighter. Who I really, really think can do some powerful things, and the other thing is um, Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Like he had a tough go around with his return to the UFC. Like they did not yeah. give him any favors. Giving him, I think it was Lazez. Yeah, Lazzez. Yeah, they didn't give yeah. Him L'Azez, any yeah. with that? But this one, I think Abdul can come out there and show exactly why we hyped him up so much.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, look- <laughs> I'm looking forward to the. I'm looking forward to Ab- Abdul fighting as well. Because let's not forget, like he he had that long, long layoff for uh, the. Because well, obviously, remember he was he was accused of uh, sexual assault, but he was exonerated. Mm-hmm. Remember, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think that just flew completely under the radar for mm-hmm. for a long, long time until it came in, in, until it came out that oh yeah, he's been cleared. Like the headline came up that oh he's been arrested in connection or what have you, and then nothing, and then it just came out that oh yeah, he's been cleared. But yeah, um, that, I'm I'm looking forward to the the pitbull Carvalho fight. I really, yeah. I really, really am. That's that's going to be. Well, it's arguably the fight I'm looking forward to most.
1: But I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's the conviction with which Carvalho speaks or just the <laughs> fact that he is that good. But he's got me convinced that he's going to smash people, <laughs> smash them into a million pieces. <laughs> that. Obviously, the, well, his his conviction is just absolutely amazing. So can't wait to see that. can't wait to see the return of Pico as well. But I'm a little bit worried hmm. of... You know who he's actually going up against now. Remember, me and G, we've spoken about this extensively that they you know, bring the guy on gradually. But the guy, if I remember rightly, he is 13 John and 8 who he's facing now. Bearing in mind, yeah, bearing in mind, Aaron Pico is only 6 and 3, so yeah. I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, slowly, slowly, catching <laughs> spider monkey is um, is being yeah. ratcheted up a pace, but. On the UFC card, I'm looking forward to seeing old friend of the podcast, Eric Anders, who joined me when we were on the first lockdown and uh, we mm-hmm. had some jokes um, on that podcast. But also, I'm looking forward to seeing Reece McKee and seeing what actually happens when he clashes Alex Marino, 17 and 6 to um, Reece McKee's 10 and 3. Now, I know records are for DJs, but <laughs> I think that Reece has got his work cut out for him.
4: Oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Like I, I've, uh, uh, as Kyra said, um, Alex still fights out of uh, Fortis MMA. and yeah, yeah. And you you can't count out those those guys because like the the last eighteen months for them has just been it's just been like an upturn, like the crazy arc and form from from their fighters. But I'm I'm really really confident that that Reese is going to going to get the job done and people forget that Reese is like a adorable and tough guy like he 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 held out for as long as he could against Hamza and if you remember um the the Terry Brazier fight Mike did, yeah, you remember, yeah, do you remember do you remember that fight as, yeah. I mean the, he, he took some punishment in that fight as well and and he showcased some some decent striking I, I I'm, I'm going with Reese I'm 100% confident Reese is going to uh get the job done and If not, I would promptly deliver my push-ups on Sunday morning or Sunday, okay, Sunday mid-afternoon, 25 push-ups.
1: You you just reminded me, Kairos, where's your push-ups, brother? Oh, Uh, you just
5: showed your ass,
1: Mike. Now I know. Now
5: I know you don't watch my show. Listen, I hit them (laughs) (laughs)
1: push-ups. I got your ass, Mike.
5: It's (laughs)
1: over for you. I hate it. You have to put it on Twitter.
5: Oh, I mean, I'm trying, trying,
1: trying to dig myself out of this. Yeah, give me a I, chance. Give me no, a chance. No worries. Yeah, of of course, of course, I saw it. I, I wanted to give you another chance mm-hmm. to actually promote your wonderful, absolutely excellent platform.
5: Mike is one of those people. people
1: uh, (laughs) Where can people actually (laughs) hush now? Where where
5: can people people tune into this? We got Ray Charles trying to talk about my YouTube channel (laughs) right now. Listen, buddy. Ray Charles, you already messed. You fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, listen. It's done. But for those y'all who would actually watch and support me, you know, actual friends, (laughs) who's on YouTube? That's all I'm saying. You know, that's
1: all I'm saying.
3: Well.
5: Oh my
1: lord. (laughs) Gee do you got this weekend so that you're looking um, forward to
3: <laughs> i'm actually looking forward to the main event i know like that's so generic but i am because paul felder is a um late notice replacement and i heard he's been like he's in crazy mm. good shape he just needs to cut weight and he's feeling really good then i saw earlier today he said he told the media that there's a 50 50 chance he might retire win or lose so i'm intrigued as to what type Uh, of performance he puts on being that this could be his last fight or does this invigorate him to fight again like kind of like his last fight when he fought dan hooker but i kind of can tell that he's struggling with retiring like it's 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 come out his mouth a few times so i'm curious
4: i just want to see if that meme uh, did you see the meme of uh that came out of what happens to Paul Felder knocks out RDA with a spinning elbow. Then he jumps over the cage, puts on his headset and then goes, "Oh!"
0: <laughs> like, oh. No. have you seen that meme? No. no. It's oh, funny. So,
4: oh, it's, it's, I, I need a fu- yeah, it's funny as hell. It's funny as hell. Like, yeah, I think Felder, he's he's finding he's finding it tough to, to, to step out the door. Like, one foot is obviously out of the door with inter- in 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 terms of the the commentary gig. He's he's got that gig. That that's a job for for life if he wants it. But obviously it's easier said than done. It's easier for us to say, oh, why don't you just leave? But we don't necessarily have the, yeah. the heart and the mentality of a and of a fighter. So it's. it's like
3: after that, yeah, like you could tell he was like, nah, I like fighting, I'm back. You know?
4: Yeah, exactly, I'm, exactly. I mean, but I, I I hope he just finds peace in, in his mind and what, with whatever decision yeah. he does make. And
3: I'm also digging Brendan Allen versus Sean Strickland. Sean, we just watched him, you know, have that really fun fight where he kept yelling at his competitor, Why won't you fall? You know, so that's still fresh <laughs> in my mind. And Kairos is right. Brendan Allen is one hell of a prospect. And this is at catchweight, so it should be interesting as well. And... Um, Yeah, I would say those two fights really, I have my eye on them. And Pitbull fighting anybody I watch because Pitbull is just a marvel. You know, he's he's really good. And I think Pitbull is a guy that if he came over to the UFC, he'd give plenty of people problems. I don't think he's that type of Bellator fighter. You know what I mean? Like he's, I don't, when people say Bellator is B-Leagues, I feel like it's disrespectful, but I understand why they say it. But I don't think Pitbull falls into that category. So, but so his fights are exhilarating. I I can't wait to see that. And of course, Pico.
1: Yeah, your man, Pico. Is it time to say prayers for him? We uh, we might have
3: to again because this matchup kind (laughs) of reminds me of like Henry Corrales when they gave him Henry. And I'm like, why would you give him Henry? Like, Henry is well rounded and he's been Mm. fighting for so long. And it's looking like John De Jesus has a similar record and has experience. So I I hope we're not like doing this again. let the kid develop, man. He's got to learn how to put it together. You know?
1: Okay, well, time to put the pistols back in the holsters. <laughs> I guess that wraps up shots fired. And, uh, well, I suppose it's time to enjoy some fights this coming weekend. <laughs> um, Separate the weak from the oxa Leap hard to creep in Brooklyn Street It's on and stop all that bickering beat